Welcome to Fantastic History. I'm Sarah. And I'm Clay. We're a husband and wife duo who enjoy telling each other about amazing events, people, and mysteries throughout history. Today I'm going to be talking about a guy who I've never heard talked about outside of one book that was recommended to me several years ago. And that guy is Attila Ambrus. Does that name ring any bells with you? It rings no bells. I have no idea who this person is <laughs> and I have no clues as to what this story is going to be about. So it's, it's very exciting for me. <laughs> All right. So as you know, my very favorite country on the planet is Romania. Their government still needs a lot of work in the human rights department, but apart from that, I love their culture and traditions, their food, and of course their mainstay status and vampire lore. See you, Vorbesque Putin Romana. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Now, to give a little context to today's story, the Transylvanian region of Romania has changed hands a few times in its history. I'm just going to briefly touch on the more recent stuff, though. So Transylvania officially became part of Romania in 1918, but then Northern Transylvania was ceded to Hungary during World War II. But then just a few years later, it was given back to Romania via the Allied Council's Armistice Agreement with Romania. So snip, snap, snip, snap, snip, snap. Oh my, yeah. Yeah. So all this back and forth, as you can imagine, actually led to a lot of debate about the nationality of people who live in Transylvania. In many cases, debate is putting it too kindly. Romania was under communist rule following World War II and remained so until the revolutions of 1989. During that time, the Romanian government committed continuous human rights violations against Hungarians living within their borders. There are countless instances of Transylvanians, quote unquote, disappearing after committing the crime of speaking Hungarian instead of Romanian. Mm. Included in the group of ethnic Hungarians was the Ambrus family, who lived in the small Transylvanian village of Fetod. Um, just so that's going to be in the kind of in the northeast, fairly close to the border of Hungary. Okay. Um, when Attila was born in 1967. So when I say it was a small village, I mean it. The current population is 443. It's pretty small. It is pretty small, and the vast majority of its residents are Hungarian even now. This was one of the many things, including desperate living conditions and a recent traumatic breakup that motivated Attila to emigrate to Hungary in 1988. Obviously, though, when I say emigrated, what I actually mean is that he clung to the bottom of a train car and rode it across the border. Oh, okay. So so, uh, uh, an escape. Yes. Yeah, it very much was an escape because it was really not a good time to be ethnically Hungarian in Romania. Mm Mm-hmm. Now that he was in Budapest, he needed to earn a living and did so by taking any job he could get. This included working as a grave digger and a custodian and later smuggling pelts back across the Romanian border. Eventually, though, he landed his dream job while working as a custodian for the Oipeshti Torna Eglet Hockey Club, or UTE. He tried out for the goalie position on the team. His teammates soon gave him a badass sounding nickname. The Cheeky Panther. <laughs> now, this is not like cheeky in the British sense, but rather he, the sort of larger area of Transylvania that he was from was uh, Cheek Serida. So, Cheeky was short for Cheek Serida. Okay. Yeah. So, the Cheeky Panther. Now, I'm sure you're thinking, whoa, Attila started from the bottom. Now he's here. Yeah. He's a pro hockey player. They're calling him the Panther. This dude must absolutely crush it on the ice. 
wheel snipe Sally boys. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Absolutely, right? You could not be more wrong. Hmm. He was absolute dog shit as a hockey player. <laughs> I mean, truly, truly just the worst. Um, as a kid, he'd won a scholarship to attend a boarding school based on his hockey prowess, but he hadn't really maintained those skills into adulthood, like not even a little bit. And at this point, he's in his early 20s, so it's been several years. But this was his dream to, to play, correct? Oh, yeah. He wanted to be a, a pro hockey player. He loved hockey. He was a huge fan. Okay. I'm sure you're wondering then how he made it on the team if he's so terrible. Yeah. Well, there was an all-Hungarian hockey team in Romania that had been absolutely dominating in recent years. When Attila called up the general manager of UTE, he introduced himself as a Transylvanian goalie who would like to try out for the team. The manager just assumed that Attila was from the Cixerida team and gave him the job. Oh. Uh-huh. When just they like s- that. Yeah, just like that. Like, don't even worry about it. Oh, my God. You're from Cixerida? Girl, come on in. Like, let me show you where to put your bags. No. Hmm. Bad call. Uh, when they saw how bad he was, his official job title for his first two seasons became team janitor. Oh, no. For which he was paid $120 a month and given a place to sleep in a closet at the arena. Humiliating. Yeah, but still much better than the way he was living before because now at least he was in hungry. Eventually, though. After crashing the Zamboni into the bleachers, he was kicked out of that closet and moved into a lightly renovated horse paddock. Ooh. Ooh. Started from the bottom. <laughs> yeah. And stayed there for quite some time. Yeah. Attila caught a break, though, in the 1990-91 season. Not only was he promoted to second string goalie, but two other Transylvanians joined the team. These guys, Boo Boo and Karchi, Boo boo. Boo boo, I know. Um, They actually had played on the Cixerida team, and befriending his countrymen helped Attila star to rise. You might be thinking, oh, cool, good for him, but let me remind you that this is hockey, and Attila has a very sassy mouth. He was getting his ass kicked so much in practice that the local hospital ended up giving him an employee ID so he wouldn't have to keep checking in. Oh, come on. Oh, yeah. He would show up, I mean, a couple of times a week. Everything from dislocated joints to gashes in his eyes. Wow. Yeah. So had he gotten, he he was playing now, so he must have gotten a little bit better. He was uh, playing with the team during practice. Mm, Okay. He was not being put on during this time. Okay. But he was still like running his mouth just to his teammates. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is a character. This is a character. Yes. Attila is very much a character. I'm going to skip ahead a bit here because I'm sure you're wondering why I'm talking to you about a hockey player when I don't care about sports. It occurred to me. Yeah. Um, Well, for that, let me take you to January of 1993. Attila had been bumped back down to third string goalie. His Romanian connections on the pelt smuggling route had all been fired for corruption and his Hungarian citizenship papers had been denied. Things were looking incredibly bleak. There was nothing for it but to don a discount wig, grab his toy gun, and rob the post office where everyone in his district paid their utility bills in cash. Whoa. Yeah. Now does my interest in Attila make sense? Wow. So, okay. <laughs> okay. This is, taking a, this is taking a big turn. A big turn. Yep. 
I wasn't seeing this coming. I, I was thinking <laughs> it would be uh, that uh, it would be a, a sports related story. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's seeming like that might be uh, red herring. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Okay, let's let's see where this goes. Okay, so even from the beginning, he was no ordinary thief. Working purely on memory, he drew out a detailed map of the neighborhood, as well as a meticulous diagram of the post office itself. He knew there would be no guard or alarm system, and he was able to plan out the perfect escape route. He even thought to buy shoes that were three sizes too big in case the police checked for footprints. Hmm. The only thing he didn't think to do ahead of time was stay sober. Oh, for... <laughs> he was so nervous that he got completely shithoused passed out on his couch and didn't actually get to the post office until they were locking up for the weekend. Attila, oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Attila tried to get in with a sob story about needing to mail a letter to his girlfriend, but when that didn't work, he forced his way in and started grabbing the cash anyway. Although there was less money in the till than he'd expected and the safe was completely empty, he still ended up filling up his Joe Camel branded duffel bag with about $5,900. This is, uh, this guy just seems kind of half-assed. It's interesting that you say that because I understand, but you'll see how wrong you are. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Because first of all, we got a guy who his goal, his, his, his dream in life was to be, be a hockey player, but he's mm-hmm. terrible at it. He's so terrible at it. it. It implies maybe he didn't put forth the effort. Maybe he was just naturally bad. <laughs> I don't know. Well, as, as you may remember, he got that hockey scholarship as a kid and was able to go to a private school, even though his family had next to nothing money-wise. Mm, right. He just didn't keep up with it once he was out of school. He didn't He didn't keep up with his practice. He and I actually kind of held off mentioning this, but he spent a lot of time in juvenile hall okay. as a kid. He yeah. was, um, you know, getting in trouble for stealing things and he was... Um, forced to join the Romanian army for a time and mm-hmm. kind of in and out of jail for petty things. Nothing like this. Nothing right. like this. But he, but he, but he had a, he had a mouth. Oh yeah. He had a mouth. He mm-hmm. was a, he was a kind of a troublemaker. And he is very, very, very confident. Okay. Very confident. I mean, you kind of have to be to have not really picked up a hockey stick in 10 years and be like, I'm a goalie. Can I be on your team? That's true. And to, uh, talk so much smack to your teammates that mm. you get put in the hospital twice a week. Yeah, at least. They give you an employee ID so you don't have to keep filling out the paperwork all the time. Yep. Okay, interesting fella. Oh, yeah. So he's at the bank. He's got his $5,900 stuffed into his Joe Camel duffel bag. Uh, not wanting to press his luck, he calmly exited the building, placing a padlock on the door on his way out to stop the bank employees from following him or alerting the authorities. Of course, this did not stop them from opening the windows and screaming that they had just been robbed, which is exactly what they did. Oh, that's a a good idea. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very smart. Attila took off running along his pre-planned escape route, ditching his disguise in a trash can and even going so far as to shave his mustache off as he ran. (laughs) Wait a minute. We can back up for a second (laughs) because I forgot that he had put on he put on a wig. A wig. So a lot of the time, his disguise would be like a, a he'd have a wig. He would put on a different outfit, like he'd have shorts and a t-shirt on, and he'd put a business suit on over top of it, or a trench coat or something. Um, sometimes hats, sunglasses, that kind of thing. And as he's running, he's shedding the outer layer of clothes, ditching the wig, and then he would spit on a razor and use that 
as like the lubricant to shave his oh. mustache off while running. Oh my god. Uh-huh. Well, that's I mean, that 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 is quite a bit of thought. He's going to look completely different by the time he gets, you know, where he's going that's than true. at the bank. Yeah. Yeah. Not bad. He made it home without incident, threw up a few times, then headed to the UTE stadium to watch that night's game from the bench. None of his teammates had any idea that their third string goalie had just pulled off a heist worth nearly $12,000 in 2022 money. That might not sound like a huge amount, and compared to the big-name American bank robbers operating during the Great Depression, it's really not a lot. But keep in mind that at this point, the average household income in Hungary was around $200 a month. Mm. Keep in mind, too, that this was his first robbery, and he pulled it off entirely on his own after waking up in a panic from a drunk nap. (laughs) Yeah. It's quite remarkable. Yeah. Uh, like most new money people, though, Attila burned through his cash in no time. He oh, was <laughs> he was nearly broke by the end of that hockey season. At night, during bouts of insomnia, he would drive around the city to clear his mind. On one such drive, he came across a post office that caught his attention. He noted that it would take him over three minutes to drive from police headquarters to that post office only if he drove 80 miles an hour and there was no traffic. Two things that would be impossible during business hours. On subsequent scouting trips, he noticed that there were no guards and only female employees. You can guess, I'm sure, where this is going. Mm-hmm. On March 13th, Attila caught a cab to the post office where he went inside without removing his sunglasses and purchased a lottery ticket. He stood to the side of the counter to fill it out, working slowly so that the lobby had time to empty out before the office closed for the day. Once there were no more customers left, he pulled out his toy gun and demanded the cash, this time walking away with $7,200. When interviewed by police the next day, the postal employees described Attila as agile, athletic, polite, and good-looking, even though he was very obviously wearing a wig. (laughs) Uh, I should mention that he got his wigs from a discount store called Four Tigers, and they were from the discount bin at the discount store. Then he would take them home and, like, style them himself. He would, like, look through women's magazines for haircuts and then cut these really, really cheap wigs himself. Wow. Yes. Wow. That's, that's, see, I I thought he was just going to go in with, like, a clown wig. Right. Like, of course, this guy is not, uh, (laughs) that's a wig, but. Mm-hmm. still disguise well he you know he's kind of wanting it to not be so obvious that it's a wig but at the same time like think about if you go and purchase like a share wig from spirit halloween people are going to look at it and go oh that's a share wig i think they have that at spirit halloween mm-hmm. but if you take it home and you make it look completely different how is anyone going to trace that purchase Mm. right i don't know if that's what he was thinking but like that was kind of the first thing it made me think of well he did get them cheap yeah four tigers man discount bin at the discount store you can't beat that (laughs) um let's see based on this description the police arrested a hungarian border guard from the nearby military barracks who had failed to report for duty on the day of the robbery quick reminder here that attila ambrus was not a hungarian border guard (laughs) Right. You got the wrong guy. Wrong guy, for sure. Almost every dime of this money was spent on what was supposed to be a romantic vacation for Attila and his girlfriend, Judith, to Tunisia. 
Now, this reminds me of a great episode of the Golden Girls where they took this. <laughs> I was wondering how long it would take. Oh, never takes long. To get to the Golden Girls. Never takes long. Uh, so they book this luxury beach vacation. But when they arrive, they're stuck in a roach motel where you had to lean really, really far out of the window to see the ocean. The linens were filthy. The staff was horrible and so on. Attila was really pissed off about this, not least of all because he'd booked the trip through a travel agent who had sold him on how beautiful and luxurious the accommodations were. And he spent, again, almost $7,200 on this trip. So, on May 3rd, he exacted his revenge on the Hungarian travel industry by robbing a different travel agency of $12,500. Whether he realized it or not, police headquarters was only 55 yards away. But, oh, no. but that turned out not to be an obstacle at all because every single one of the officers in that particular station were at Popeye's pub when the call came in about the robbery. It's just, uh huh. <laughs> oh man, every, every every piece of this story just makes you want to facepalm. I know. It's I love it so much. It's a great story. So he so he 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 got away. Oh yeah, um, because none of the cops were. The, the, the cups were at the pub yeah All and as it as it happened um for some reason the emergency number doesn't ring in the pub so they had <laughs> no idea and this yeah. was actually so again he padlocked there was only one employee she was there by herself he padlocked her in and she was calling and calling nobody was answering so she eventually a few hours later sent them a fax and asked if somebody could please come and let her out Sent a fax. Sent a fax. To the cops. To the cops. An emergency. Yes. Hours later. An, an emergency fax. Uh-huh. Man. She's like, well, they're not answering the phone. Maybe they'll maybe they'll look at the fax. Jeez, oh, this is it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous, yeah. Not long after this, Attila's cousin Laszlo immigrated from Transylvania, and Attila decided he would make a great lookout. On June 18th, the pair robbed a bank with a take of $32,000, wow. which they split evenly between them. Six weeks later, they robbed a second bank. It's worth noting that from this point forward, Attila upgraded from a toy gun to a real one. He had no intention of ever using it because he knew the prison time would be much worse. Uh, but on more than one occasion, his little tiny toy had inspired more laughter than fear. I understand men <laughs> can be sensitive about that sort of thing. <laughs> this is a toy. Uh-huh. That's another bit from the Golden Girls, uh, the Christmas episode where they're all trying to go on vacation. They're being held oh, up yes. at Rose's work. And Sophia's like, you call yourself a real Italian? You can't tell a toy from a, a real piece? <laughs> Yeah, I remember that one. That's, yep. that's <laughs> poor, poor guy. Oh, yeah. Getting laughed at. Getting laughed at. I mean, still getting away with like tens of thousands of dollars. And that's still, I didn't convert any of these. So that's like $32,000 in 1993 money. I mean, it's 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 a lot more than his than the previous amounts. Oh, too. yeah. So he's, he's making bank. He's not doing too bad for himself. And even like he split this one with Laszlo, but that's still $16,000. That being said, he was glad to have his real gun because he encountered a brand new obstacle at the second bank he did with Laszlo. And that's an armed guard. Oh. Yeah. He had prepared for this, however, and Laszlo knew to create a distraction so that Attila could disarm the guard without too much fuss. Unfortunately... Laszlo was pretty new at all this, as you'd imagine, 
And in the moment, all he could think to do was pretend to faint at the guard's feet. (laughs) Attila was so surprised by this ridiculous pantomime that he hesitated, giving one of the tellers the opportunity to press the panic button. He had just enough time to snatch up about $4,300 before grabbing Laszlo and dragging him out of there. Because Laszlo was still pretending to have fainted. (laughs) (laughs) What was the... uh... Does, <laughs> does it say what the distraction was intended to be? No, they hadn't. For some reason, for somebody who put so much thought into this, it doesn't seem like they had decided on anything because, you know, you're going to get into a situation and kind of have to assess it and see what's going to work. And yeah. maybe there's going to be something there that can like you, you come across like a stray dog outside and you're like, oh, this lost dog can anybody help me or you know just something like that and laszlo his second robbery ever just kind of panics and collapses on the floor (laughs) (laughs) to to the bewilderment Mm -hmm. of everyone everyone including attila which is not not ideal not the distraction you want that's (laughs) no you can picture it and it's 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 wonderful it's again ridiculous it's i love it so much it's so good but this left attila pretty rattled having the alarm pulled on him Mm -hmm. was very upsetting he decided to recruit his hockey buddy Karchi as a replacement for goofy ass laszlo Karchi was notoriously lazy and he insisted that attila drive them to the bank in his own car instead of making him walk and take public transportation with these stipulations in mind attila chose a post office on the eastern side of town in a neighborhood he was already familiar with After the string of recent robberies around the city, this particular post office had installed a silent alarm system. Still, Attila had plenty of time to fool around by feigning a Ukrainian accent and doing flips over the counter before walking out with $36,000 all before the police could respond to the alarm. Hmm. Okay. Much better. Yeah, much better. After another bungled attempt at yet another travel agency where he got jumped by a bunch of people outside... Attila decided to get his act together. Now, I don't mean that he decided to straighten up and fly right. Rather, he decided he would no longer use an accomplice and that he also began pouring an extraordinary amount of time into studying the city. He drove around at night, visiting all 23 districts in Budapest, noting down every bank, post office, and travel agency in each one, and then cross-checking his notes with the phone book. Once he finished that, he started timing the drive to each of these establishments from the nearest police station. Then, once he'd weeded out the places that were less than two minutes away from the cops, he began drawing maps that included a description of all the nearby businesses and their hours. Next, he'd drive to the locations in the middle of the night and walk around to check for alternate exits and escape routes. Lastly, he would visit these buildings during operating hours to ask about loans or buy stamps or lottery tickets, things like that, staying just long enough to be able to then sketch out a map of the building's interior from memory, note the number of doors and windows, the location of their phones, what sort of security they had in place, the amount of customers at that time of day, and a roster of the employees. Meticulous doesn't do him justice. Very detailed. Very detailed. When describing his methods, Attila was quoted as saying, you have to pay attention to everything. There is no perfect crime. Keep that in mind. That's why the details are the most important thing. It's easy to take the cash, but before and after you have to pay attention. Hmm. Over the next three years following these methods, Attila successfully robbed three post offices, two travel agencies, and 12 banks for a combined total of half a million dollars. 
After the first six of these robberies, he did end up bringing in another accomplice, a UTE teammate named Gobby. It was following their first robbery together that the press gave Attila the nickname that he's still known by today, the Whiskey Robber. In reference to his penchant for going to a nearby pub and drinking a few shots of whiskey before every robbery. Hmm. The Whiskey Robber. The Whiskey Robber. Because of the dire economic situations of the country and the extreme corruption in its post-communist government, the whiskey robber was seen as a folk hero, with many people wholeheartedly believing that he was giving his ill-gotten gains to the poor, Hmm. while others were just happy to see that the police were having their nose rubbed in it at every turn. And what is worth noting that every single one of the banks that he robbed were at least partially owned and operated by the government. So that was another thing that people really appreciated about this. Like just really because the government was so corrupt at this time. They were sort of desperate for uh, someone to look to. Yes. Yeah. There there were no good guys. So we picked a robber as our hero. Not uncommon. Not uncommon at all, sadly. Um, But as they say, all good things must end. As a direct result of becoming the most successful bank robber in Eastern Europe, Attila was dealing with a gambling addiction, substance abuse problems, and pretty extreme digestive issues before each job. He and Gobby decided they'd stolen enough money to last a lifetime and that it simply wasn't worth the trouble to continue. Attila gathered up the guns he'd collected throughout his sordid career, disassembled them, and tossed them into the Danube River. The whiskey robber officially went into retirement in early 1998. So that's um, five years? Five years. Five years of activity. Of course, the money was gone by January of 1999. Oh, come on. Attila and Gobby did what gangsters always do in the movies, got back together for one last huge score that would last a lifetime. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Since the beginning of Attila's career, the design of bank safes in Hungary had changed. All thanks to him, as a matter of fact. Where bank safes in 1993 had been little more than a steel box with a single lock on it, By 1999, they were more like steel filing cabinets where each drawer had a separate key and timed locks. Because timing was crucial to his continued freedom, Attila had never before stayed in any one bank for more than three minutes, which meant only the top two drawers of any of these safes had time to open. That wouldn't do for the last big score, though, right? Yeah, it's the the big score. And and, and if it's supposed to last them the rest of their lives Mm -hmm. and he blew through half a million dollars, half a million dollars in a A year, one one year, one year, Mm -hmm. um, it's going to be a big one. Oh yeah. Big, big, big one. You would think, (sighs) well, let's see what he does. Five minutes passed by the time Attila reemerged from the back of the bank, ready to make his escape with Gobby, giving the police plenty of time to arrive. The robbers barreled past the police and took off running. They jumped into the nearest cab, got out a few blocks later, and just kept booking it. But the sirens were only getting louder. With nowhere else to go, Attila vaulted over the side of a bridge and landed on the highway 12 feet below. Mm. When he looked back to encourage Gobby to make the jump, his partner was gone. About two hours later, he heard over the radio that Gobby had been arrested. But by then, Attila had nearly reached the Romanian border. News traveled fast in the post-communist days, however, and the second he pulled up to the checkpoint, he was arrested. Mm. Already considered a folk hero for his whiskey robber hijinks, Attila soon added another feather to his cap when he became the first person to ever escape from Yorskochi Street Jail. 
<laughs> he simply climbed out of his window with a rope made of sheets, shoelaces, and electrical wires. In the three months he was out, he robbed three more banks for a total of $225,000. Oh, my God. By himself, three banks. He just went straight back to it. Went straight back to it. Well, because he didn't get the money from the big score because he got arrested. Yeah. So what are you going to do? At least he's clearly too old at this point to get back into hockey. <laughs> you would think, yeah. For his crimes, Attila Ambrus was sentenced to 17 years in prison, though he was released four years early in 2012 for good behavior. He now lives in Cicsera de Romania, where he makes and sells pottery and occasionally appears as a spokesperson for security systems. Oh, man. <laughs> I highly, highly recommend looking him up on YouTube. The only thing I could really find, because again, I've only I had one source for the story. The only thing I could find about Attila on YouTube were these videos that he made for these security companies talking about how, Oh, I never could have beaten these. Like this would be impossible. You should buy this one. (laughs) I mean, it it sounds like he kind of sold out, but I mean, this is like the dream, right? Right. Yeah. He's getting paid to talk about his experience. Yeah. His glory days, his glory days of being a, a thief. Oh yeah. And I will say that like beginning in 99 with his first arrest, for many years afterwards, um, the UTE stadium flew a whiskey robber flag Wow! during all the hockey games. They were very, very proud of him. Their janitor. Their janitor. Yep. Attila Ambrose, everybody. What a crazy story. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? That's great. It's great. Um, I'd like to shout out the book I used as my primary source of information. I usually like to mention this at the beginning, but the title kind of gives it away. Um, but it includes so many more wild stories than I had time to cover today, like about Attila leaving gifts for the detectives, uh, making fake looking bombs out of cigars, leaving them at the scene to kind of, and just several times when he was almost, almost caught and escaped. Um, so if Attila interests you, please check out The Ballad of the Whiskey Robber by Julian Rubenstein. Too cool. Too cool. Uh, so thanks for listening and giving us a little bit of your time today. Hopefully you enjoyed that story. And if you did, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use. If you'd like to check out some pictures of Attila, they'll be on our Instagram and Twitter accounts. We're at Fantastic H Pod on both. You can also drop us a line at fantastichistorypod at gmail.com. All right. See you next week. Later, skaters. 